on the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. The Left Wing Podcast in association with Land Rover. Whether you're headed to a match or a weekend away, there's plenty of space for your team and their gear in the new Discovery Sport. Ottawa, O'Driscoll, Morgan, extra man, it's Fitzgerald. Oh, Fitzgerald is cutting back inside! Let's have another! Darcy, O'Driscoll oh. through the legs, Rob Carney, out to Fitzgerald again, stamped and scored! Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's rugby podcast in association with Land Rover. I'm Will Slattery, delighted to be bringing you our third Schools Rugby Special of the Year and I'm joined once again in studio by Tony Ward and Des Berry. Guys, thanks so much for coming back in. Pleasure. And I'd like to thank everyone who's listened so far to our, our two Schools Rugby podcast, really appreciate it. Um, and Tony, we might start off with Leinster, there's uh, two interesting semi-finals coming up. We have St. Michael's versus Newbridge College and Clongos versus Castleknock. And we might start with St. Michael's, who, you know, as we flagged in our earlier podcast, are the favourites. And a very impressive victory over Gonzaga, 34 points to three. I think it takes their winning total to 101 to three points across the first two rounds, especially considering Gonzaga had beaten Blackrock in the opening round. And while an upset in the quarterfinal may have been a bit unlikely, they were certainly coming in with a lot of form. But St. Michael's just were extremely impressive. They're everything it says on the tin. Uh, I mean, the opening game, I felt sorry because Temple Carrick, as you know, are developing their rugby and they got to the final of Vinnie Murray and unfortunately they drew the short straw, which was Michael's. So they were absolutely thumped up in Lakelands by 67 points. Um, the Des and I have been at virtually every game in, in Donnybrook and Gonzaga absolutely deserved to beat Blackrock. There's no doubt the way they came back in that game. But when they played Michael's, they were blown out of the water. It was no contest. 34-3 mm. final score and uh, they were every bit as good as that they are for my money far and away the best team in it um, anything can happen in the semi-final and final I think it'll be a mega shock if Michaels don't go all the way they're just so strong Will from everywhere I mean Des and I have discussed the obvious players like Chris Cosgrave and Will Hickey but there's other guys that stood out like um, from like in every sector of the team th there's hardly a weakness there um, and when you look at every position like they've brought in a scrum half this year Finton Gunn who was the scrum half on the Jays last year and he has been I don't know if you felt the same about watching him he, yeah, he has he, been class he was class as a yeah. junior yeah, and he's grown a little bit he's got ah, good and he's only a fourth year yeah, and, and like the guy who came on I think Jeffrey Woods was uh, superb as well 
But everyone, like, you, you go down, look, I, I won't labour the point, from Lee Barron at, at Loosehead Prop uh, through to Chris Cosgrave at the back and almost any line you can time. Simon O'Kelly in the middle of the field, he came from Terenure. He's made a huge difference. The family, rather, where I turn your, the O'Kellys in Terenure, he's one of that family. Um, they're just, they're, Connor Booth is seven. Same as Scott Penny, Dan Levy. It's scary where Michaels are at at the moment. Yeah, because that game against Gonzaga kind of showed the, the kind of strength across the team. You know, we did talk a lot about Chris Cosgrave in the back line, but you know, you got four tries from the front row against Gonzaga and two of them, Jack Boyle and Lee Barron, in the front row are Ireland schools representatives, which shows just how they have the power as well as the skills behind the scroll. Oh yeah, they, they, they have a lot. Well, And even for the way they play the game, they're two locks. They're not massive guys, but they're incredibly athletic. Like you can play any sort of game with them, Jack Guinan or Guinan or, and Stephen Woods. Like there's something about them. They're they're not they're incredibly athletic. They get around the pitch. They'll do whatever job you want them. And uh, Lee Barron is very tall. He's a bit like Dan Sheehan at Leinster. He's about he must be nearly six foot two. Yeah, or three. he's grown a lot in the last two years because yeah. again I've watched him all the way up. Yeah, like Jack Boyle yeah. and Lee Barron have been two of the front row. But the thing, the thing, about, the thing about Lee is though you notice even from a distance the size of his calves. Like he's got incredibly strong legs, so you think he's tall. He's a bit. He's not. He, he he's not built like a prop, but maybe the game is changing in that regard. Tall, maybe tall hookers are going to be in very soon. Mm. But uh, oh, they're incredibly good. And the thing about it is, the guy in the, there's a little red haired guy on the wing there, Henry Macarlean, and uh, apparently he's a forger, and apparently he's he's the bee's knees. If he can get into that team in fourth year, he's a small red haired guy. He took a bit of a bang in the quarterfinal. Uh, so I don't know I presume he's fit I'm not so sure but um, he is an absolute talent apparently he was a star on their junior team last year yeah it's interesting Tony uh, to have a couple of fourth years in a, in a team so highly touted because you know when you look at some of the great you know teams over the years especially in the bigger schools the Black Rocks you know when a fourth year has to, to get in there absolutely it, it, it's a real statement and for a team this good it shows that these guys are really talented well it means there's two more effectively we're not comparing the same positions but there's two more Chris Cosgraves coming through because mm. he really look you, you never know. Like we often talk about Brian O'Driscoll when he was in uh, the Dream Squad, if he wasn't in the team uh, in the mid nineties. But Brian still had something special. But he didn't really stand out like Chris Cosgrave had. So he was a bit of a late developer. If Cosgrave develops the way he has so far, and the guys that Des has just referred to, these are future internationals. There's no question. You don't know. A lot of other factors will come into play. But certainly in terms of the raw material, that's the point I'm making. Mm. It is definitely there, that potential. Yeah. I don't, I, actually, yeah, it's funny. People say that, but I don't know about future internationals because the thing that makes them so good is because they're all so in sync. I don't know. Like maybe Will Hickey, Jack Boyle, Chris Cosgrave, but I wouldn't be surprised if none of them became senior internationals. I wouldn't be. It's just, it's such a structured system from first year to sixth year in that school they're at it every day, all day, that uh, it's a machine, that's what it is, a machine. And in a machine, players that are very, very good can look great. So a, a lot a lot, you know, a lot remains to be seen about that. It'll be interesting to see how many get into the, the academy and all of that, but uh, I think the worst thing that happened to uh, Gonzaga was that they beat BlackRock, because that, if they were ever going to be taken lightly by Michaels, the minute that happened, it all changed. Yeah. And you it does tell it a lot, right? as you know. Well, I experienced that. I was captain of the Mary's team back in the day. Oh, yeah. We beat Rock in the first round. Yeah. And once you beat Rock, 
you think you're on the way. And as it happened in our year, high school had a particularly good team and they won the cup for the only time in their history. But it's tough for Gonzaga to beat Blackrock yeah. and then to lose in the manner they did in the next round. That hurts. And it was it, it, from you watching it, did you think that was it just Michaels were so good that Gonzaga not really reached the heights they had the first day against Blackrock or was it a combination of both? A combination of both because there's no doubt the psychology in a, you know, in, in such a quick turnaround of fixtures it was just a little bit over a week and to go back to school having succeeded in doing that you can imagine yourself what it was like and particularly for the smaller schools and it's a huge uh, scalp when you beat Black Rock, there's no question whether it's Ross Gray, whether it's Mary's, no matter what it is um, so I think there was an element of that um, and also Black Rock um, the time to hit them isn't the, the first game and Gonzaga got that. Michaels were ready. Can you imagine the feeling in Michaels given that had they been playing Black Rock, it's a game could have gone either way. I still think Michaels would have won it. But to beat Gonzaga, who beat Black Rock, can you imagine what that does for confidence in Michaels going forward? And that's where they're at at the moment. And their next assignment, Newbridge in the semi-final, who had a come-from-behind win against Kilkenny. Mm. Uh, it probably wasn't the most impressive manner of victory, but it all counts in the end. 10-8, they were 8-0 down, I think, at half time. You know, what, what, how would you rate their chances? Yeah, I don't know if I said it the last time, but they are that quintessential team that looks good on paper but hasn't been good yet. But they are also a team where they tend to play better against the better teams. It's just they have some X factor, like Marcus Kiley in the centre, He's a player now that could go on and do something in the future. He's big, he's strong, he's direct, and he has a bit of skill. And they've they some great forwards, uh, Phil Lawler, son Donna Lawler, who looks incredibly like his father, and uh, Dermot Mangan. Like, very, very good players, but it's it's just, you know, it's you get eight or nine of them, but it's the 15 and the 18 and the 21 players. It's difficult to see them running them close, even. Yeah, I'd make, make two points on them, and they, they relate to what... Des just said, in both games so far, um, the opening game, CBC, wasn't it? Yeah. That they played in the opening game? Yeah. I think it was, anyway. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they were 7-0 down going into injury time in that, and they equalised. And the second half, I thought that was their best 35 minutes so far. Yeah. They really cut loose against CBC in the second half. Um, they were slow out of the blocks again against Kilkenny, as you rightly said, Will, and they were 8 down, and then they came back to win 10-8. They scraped it. But like him, I mean, Marcus Kiley have one picked out. I actually picked out four centres they have at the moment. Yeah. If you remember in that opening game, they switched Donald Conroy. Remember, we've discussed this before from the wing to the centre, and he was outstanding. But then they brought on in the last game, Lucas Bertie Newman in the centre. He was outstanding. And they also have uh, Shane Fata, who's a starting 12. All four centres have real talent in that Newbridge side. Yeah. That said, are they going to get balled against Michaels? I'd worry. Um, Donald Lawler has been very impressive. He's a chip off the old man. Mm. He reads the game very, very well. And like you, Dermot Mangan is the one who's really impressed me so far in the second half. I'd, I'd see the, I'd see him getting ball all right. It's it's what you do with it. It's like, it's very, very difficult. I mean, uh, St. Michael's are as good in defence as they are in attack. That's, that's my that's point. That's the thing you overlook. Like. Mm. Well, the start will be crucial given yeah. that Newbridge have been slow starters in the two yeah. first half they played so far. And then looking at the other side of the semi-final draw, you know, we talked last week and you mentioned how it would be great for Castlenock to, to get back to the top table. I think after beating Belvedere, now this is their first semi-final, I think, since 2002 when they played St. Mary's, which is a long time. Uh, but what a great victory, especially Belvo have been so competitive the last year. I think they had made five semi-finals in a row, so this is a properly big scalp. Their juniors got to the semi-final yesterday as well. So it's a great time for the school. 
it, and look, fully deserved. They deserved to beat Belvedere in that game, uh, even though there was only one point in it in the end. And it's great. You've got to go back to 2002 for the last semi final. You go back to 1965, I think, for the last time they won it. And back then, Castlenock were a serious power. When I was in school, you know, they were. So for rugby in West Dublin, for rugby in Castlenock, and for the game in Leinster, it's great to have Castlenock back there. And you're right, Castlenock beating Mary's. Wish that hadn't been the case, but Castlenock beating Mary's yesterday in the quarter final of the Junior Cup means Castlenock are in both the semi-final of the Junior and Senior Cups. And again, it reflects, we've mentioned this before, on the great work being done by Adrian Flavin and Jeremy Staunton, in particular at Castleknock. It's beginning to bear fruit. And I think it's great for the game. Yeah, what have you made of, of their run so far in the tournament? Is, is there any kind of prospects or players that you think have been integral? Yeah, they're very, they're very similar to Newbridge. You know, um, they don't have as good a team on paper, but they have individuals that can do things, and everybody else has to row in behind them. But um, yeah, like Young Gibbons is in the Ireland School squad. He he came with a massive rep- reputation, like in the last year or two. Most of it down to the fact that he's a massive man. So I mean. If he can, you know, if he can get going in the centre and get gain line, and their scrum half Connor Duggan, I think he's Irish schools as well. Uh, so uh, he's he's uh, he's an interesting player. He's a, a bit of a game manager, but um, you know, they they're do they're doing very well at the moment, and something is building. But I think it's far too soon for them to be cracking a final at mm-hmm. at, at senior level now. The juniors are. They were impressive yesterday, actually. Because for Clongos, it's interesting. You know, they were in the semi-final last year, and Gonzaga maybe caught them a bit cold, so they won't be complacent anyway about playing a smaller school kind of on the rise. No, they're, they're the interesting one. Just finally on the Castlock, a few of those guys have impressed me uh, in the game. The number seven has been one of the outstanding players in it. Indeed, I was talking to the same Phil Lawler about it, and he's been very struck by Kieran McCarrick, the Castlock seven. Um, and the other two, the captain Louis McDonough, has been the epitome of coolness and fairness to him, and he's he's prepared to take risks. And the number eight in Birmingham as well. But yeah, going forward, we come on to Clongos. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, as a neutral, I was delighted with the semi-final draw. And I think we'd all share this around the table because at least Klongos and Michaels have managed to avoid each other. So logically, if the favourites play to form, they should both make it through to the final, in my opinion. Klongos, right from the start, I said it, are the side that have impressed me most of all. Traditionally, they grow into a cup competition uh, because... They're under the radar year after year from their friendlies prior to Christmas. This year, they opened up and said, yeah, we've done well in the friendlies. And in against Gerrards in the last round, obviously, I, I'd have an interest given my involvement in Gerrards. Um, they, they started, uh, as you know, Des, I think there were 24 points up at one stage. And we, Gerrards, came back to 24-17 and then 24-L after the br- 24 after the break. But again, they upped the tempo after that and they took it to another level. And they were missing the second row, who I, I mentioned before, who I think is an outstanding player. I think he'll make a big difference when he comes back. But Klongos, if they play to form, are the one side, in my opinion, capable of pushing Michaels, beating them. We'll deal with that if that comes around. Yeah. But... Capable. And they've had to deal with adversity in both mm. games. You know, Ternier really put it up to them. So did Jared. And they've lost key men before by matches. You know, David Wilkinson, I think the out half had to pull out before the first round. Tom Mulclair, yeah. the second round. And they've just dealt with it all. And they've grown into the game. They've hit their purple patches and struck, you know, pretty decisively in the second half of both matches. Yeah, and it, it was it was it was unusual 
before the quarter final because they were running fitness tests, as far as I know, on two different players. Mulcair didn't make it. He was in, he was out, he was, he was in, and he was out again. Wilkinson was change. on the bench. And, and Wilkinson was only on the bench. Yeah. So he's there out half, and he was there last year. Like, he's a really solid player. But um, <clears throat> I'm not necessarily saying, it might be a bit unkind to, to just assume they're going to move past Castlenock, but there was an incident in the 16th minute um, when uh, for Klongos in the last round, and in one movement, they're the centre, Chris Grimes, Dermot McCormick, the number eight, and Luke McMahon, the prop. Each one of them did something that you see maybe every now and again. They both destroyed the defender in contact. In three, sep three consecutive defenders literally were blasted backwards in one movement. And that was, that was actually the, the thing I took from the game was that physically, they're go they, they probably will be able to put it up to Michaels. And... Um, they are, and they hit the, they hit like fifth gear about midway through the second half, didn't they, Tony? And yeah, it was 55, they looked absolutely, the you know, as good as Michael's for a ten-minute patch. Now doing it for seventy is different, but the, like you, you did see in glimpses that one incident and that ten-minute stretch that this is a serious the team. They have there. some really, it's the hardness. The, some of them are just very hard players. Callum Downing is probably the biggest example. He's he's a seven. He's been outstanding. Yeah, he's a little he's a bullet of a runner. But when he hits, it, it, you can kind of see the effect on players. And he's not a big man, but they have a number of players like that. He's actually been playing hooker at representative. Yeah, so he's oh, very he's very talented. Oh, that's, yeah, that's yeah. Right, sorry. And then the, the McMahon and the other guy Barry Dooley, the three part. He was their number eight two years ago. Barry Dooley, I think. Like the front row is it's mean and it's menacing, and mm. they're quite a mean team physically. So. Uh, if it's not fair to bypass Castlenock, but that's what you're really looking forward to. You're no, looking no, we're forward not, to but the realistically, yeah. if it goes to form, it should be of Michael's yeah. Clongos. And they have Peter Marin, uh, that guy, the Mayo minor, Rory Marin at full back, Peter Marin in, in, uh, Peter Marin in the centre, and Mulcair and Wilkinson if he's fit. Yeah. It's a really, really good yeah. team. Well, Kerr's the second row, obviously, I'm referring yeah. to it. He really yeah. impressed me yeah. in the opening game against Turin York. Yeah. I thought he was outstanding in that game. Like, worse teams have won the cup than that Klongos yeah. team. That's, mm. a, that's a solid team. That's just based on what we've seen now, but they look really good. Now, it's thought to be a, an interesting yeah. another round. One thing I'd like to get your opinion on, guys, it's been something that's been talked about a bit is, I guess, the fan behaviour in some of these games. It's kind of been in the spotlight a bit in that there was, I think, letters sent out to some of the schools warning about maybe some past pupil behaviour. And it's gotten a bit of talking point about, you know, what people are doing at these matches. Like, Tony, you know, you, 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 Des, you both go to a lot of matches. Like, is it an issue, do you think? Is, is, it, is it getting worse? Yeah, it is becoming an issue. What's developed in recent times, as you rightly say, is where you've got the past pupils, the guys who are in college and whatever they're doing, and they gather on the far side. And it, it adds to the atmosphere in one sense, in that there's interaction variable between both sides of the ground. But unfortunately, it's going beyond that now. And clearly, there's alcohol involved. And I feel really sorry for the schools on this because they've no control over past pupils because they've left the school. So it's a real difficult... Uh, and that's where the, the guards have been getting involved and Leinster Rugby are doing all they can. But yes, it, it's something that everybody is acutely aware of. How we knock it on the head, I, I'm not sure. Um, but they're doing everything they can to try and do it. And... In fairness to the schools, I would defend them there. Uh, it, they've no hand actor part in what's going on on the other side of the field. I can assure you yeah, that. It does. What you yeah, I say, like, first of all, I'd say that when you're reporting on the game, you're in, you're talking to people, you're out. So I actually haven't seen anything. The most I've done is I remember one day smelling the, the flares, the 
in my in my nostrils. But you see a lot of activity, and it only adds to the game what you see because you hear chanting. You can't hear what they're saying. But I think it's only it's really a problem if it moves outside the grounds, out onto the street. If something happens post game between guys, like alcohol is a problem, obviously, and that's grand for grown ups attending matches and adding to the occasion. But if 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 what's happening there is not left in the ground, as in, you know, like a bit of back and forth banter, that's fine as far as I can see. It's if it gets outside the school, outside the Donnybrook, that path there, the the cars, there's there's pubs, that's where something could lead could lead to trouble maybe a little bit later into the evening. So I see that as, as the main actual physical problem rather than the schools. And like Tony would say, how can a school... Uh, account for the behavior of an individual like it's it, a past pupil it's we could it's very that, difficult it's very different sure yeah it's very difficult for them i mean teachers have tr problems controlling the guys in the stand and that's because you know they're si you know and they're singing the songs and they say the odd things so i mean they can't yeah it's very difficult for them to police yeah it's an awkward position for the teachers you say like to to be going over yeah. and trying to control you know, past pupils who might have been out of the school for a couple of years, there's not really much they can do, is there? The teachers in general don't get involved for that very reason. It's usually the security in the ground and the guards, you mm -hmm. know, that are over that side. And that's as, as it should be, in my opinion. Um, the teachers do a great job in the stand. And the schools do too. Look, the standards, and in general, the ethos is very, very good within the schools game uh, in all provinces, but certainly in Leinster. And, like, w t attending games there, for more years than I care to remember, and there's been very little. Uh, there have been very few serious incidents, thankfully, over the years. And I'm not being naive here. I actually see it. Um, and as Des rightly says, if it does spill out onto the street, then we've got an issue, certainly. But let's hope it is knocked on the head because the school's rugby, the atmosphere of those games is still, in my opinion, electric. Mm. I would say that, like... I do read in the media sometimes, I mean, I don't understand why people go after schools rugby uh, in the sense that there was one article making a big headline out of some of the chants, like your dad works for my dad or stuff like that. I mean, I know they're fee-paying schools, a lot of them, but it's called a sense of humour, like they're having fun like with other schools. I mean, we're all getting very serious about schools rugby, if you ask me. I mean, kids will be quids half, half the time. That doesn't condone any of that, you know, that, that behaviour, but I mean... The, uh, yeah, so I just, I just, I see some media coverage. I don't understand it really personally. Yeah, I, I echo those sentiments, obviously. And if you take schools rugby out of Irish rugby, where would our international team be? We struggled enough last Saturday, but if you don't have schools rugby, we are struggling. Mm -hmm. It is the bedrock of the game. It, and it's it's developing, and more and more we're seeing youth rugby coming into play and emphasis on underage rugby outside the schools. Uh, but without the schools, well, it's certainly been a talking point over the last couple of weeks in terms of uh, the fan behaviour at the game. Hopefully, uh, you know, there's no incidents uh, going forward in the rest of the, of the competition. And, Tony, maybe just to move to, to Munster now, obviously, uh, we had CBC Rockwell in the first semi-final yesterday, CBC 22-10 winners, despite conceding an early try when Rockwell really looked like they were in the ascendancy. And then we have Prez Cork today playing uh, St. Munchens. You forecasted an all-Cork final uh, at the start, and it's certainly looking like that at the moment. Yeah, it's good to see Rockwell 
and Munchens because in the last two years they've won the Junior Cups um, and they're challenging now and, and indeed Munchens beat Prez in the Junior Cup the other day so Munchens are heading for if they if they win the semi-final three Munster Cup finals in a row um, I do I just think at this point in time Prez and Christians are that bit that bit far ahead of the rest and I'd be surprised if um, if if Prez don't get revenge on Munchens mm. in the senior game that said, we referred to it before with the, with the halfbacks who are driving Munchens at the moment, Alex Wood and Dudek O'Callaghan. Um, they're very strong, very very strong side. But it's good for the game to mm. see it go around. But I still think it'll be the old firm, President Christians. Yeah, it just looks like similarly in Leinster when you have two the two stronger teams on the opposite side of the draw that will probably get the dot a heavyweight final. Yeah, and it's uh, it's just a pity that. Um, you know, I feel bad, bad in one way saying this. It's schools rugby. The fact that it's on television in Leinster in the first place is, 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 uh, is interesting. But I just feel that I'd love to be able to see these games. Uh, you know, you'd love to be able to go down to them. And it was streamed on Monster Rugby yesterday, Christians and Rockwell. But um, you'd love to see them. But so I mean, I, I must say my knowledge goes based on watching the Interpros, and I, I do think uh, Christians have. I think a lot's going to revolve around their out half, Keen Woolley. Uh, whether they can be prez or not, he, he's he's a really tidy player and he's he's a good decision maker. And at this level, especially when you get to a final, if you have somebody who can, uh, who can uh, convert chances and make good decisions, then uh, you you know you're a fair bit of the way there. As long as you have the supporting cast, and Christians have loads of monster Ireland type quality around him, so um, it was impressive the way they dealt with Rockwell. They looked like they were under the pump for a little bit. And then they actually grew into the game, and by the end, they were fairly they were fairly dominant. Mm. And then, um, is there any from watching those interpros anyone in today's game, the Prez Mungins game, who who stood out to you or who might have a big impact? Well, not on see, I no, not really. But Alex, that the that the chap Alex Kendallin, he's a guy that um, he. He was the next big thing when he came. I think he was Ireland schools last year, or was it the year before? And he was captain as well. And it remains to be seen how he's going to develop. He's a very interesting player as a number eight. Now whether he'll be, whether he'll stay at number eight, I don't know. But uh, he's very interesting. Um, just seen snippets of uh, of of Keith Woods on Alex. God, you, you could never th- see it. Was he, he's tall? Has he got reddish hair? A left footer. I mean, <laughs> but uh, he he's looks, played the position his dad wanted to play. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> so uh, once again, uh, once you don't see enough of them, uh, it's it's unfair to make judgment. But I mean, you know, it's a tough team. It's a tough thing to carry a name like that too, isn't it? Yeah. So I mean, he's in a once again a decision making position, and it doesn't seem to like he's, he. I suppose he has to carry a lot of that as he's growing up. So um, yeah. he probably but, has a very good head <clears> on his shoulders. Alex. In, a, in a general sense, though. While it looks like it will be a Prez Christians final again, as it was last year, I think it was something like 5-3, wasn't it, in the final? It was five a very low-scoring yeah. yeah, final last year. But I, I, I think it's, it's, I won't say the momentum is shifting entirely, but certainly, as I said, with, with um, Munchens and Rockwell doing well in the Junior Cup in the last two years, and I note that three of the four semi-finalists are Limerick schools, and Art School Reach are particularly strong. Munchens beat Prez the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it means so Christians are still in the shake-up there as well. They're one of the four that aren't. But it's good that Limerick are coming back 
Mm. Uh, and it takes a few years of junior kind of rugby doesn't to build up that reservoir for, yeah, for that's senior. That's the point. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And if we're looking to, to to Ulster, maybe now they're at the semi final stage as well. I think we have Wallace versus Methody in one semi final and RBAI versus Armagh in, in the other semi final. Shaping up nicely. We discussed previously how in some of the other earlier rounds they're playing very early mornings before uh, Ireland fixtures, but now we're into the semi final stage. I think they're in Kingspan Stadium next yeah. week. So a great showcase for the players. They are. Um, I was talking to Jim Neely about this over the weekend because he's the voice of rugby, as you know, uh, in the north. Uh, he's ex Inst himself, or BAI. And even he was saying that he was conceding that uh, if Inst were to lose and if Methody uh, were to lose, you'd have a very novel final, which would be Armagh against Wallace, which hasn't happened. In fact, he was saying to me, I think that in the last 30 years, this would be the first final that there hasn't been one of the big schools involved in it. Mm. So were that to materialise, and it could, because mm. Armagh and Wallace are actually favourites to win, which is a big burden, but they're favourites to win those two semis in the Kingspan next week. Yeah, interesting, because AI 52-12 winners over Friends School in the... Uh, yeah, Friends Lisburn. Yeah. Yeah, you would have expected yeah. something like that along the way, to be honest. Mm. Uh, but I, th I think Ballymena were... They were the three schools, apparently, at the start of the season, Armagh, Wallace and Ballymena and... Armagh beat Ballymena 17-14 in the quarterfinals so it's funny a blowout score looks impressive but maybe it's a 17-14 should be looking at uh, we should be looking at and uh, yeah uh, apparently they're out half Romain Morrow is an exceptional goal kicker and when it comes down to tight games that means a lot so um, yeah I, I, I've actually heard the same thing big centre Jude Roberts apparently is a is a bit of a handful I think I think he's he scored a try in, in every round he's played in it if not close to it anyway, he, apparently he's a bit of a handful. But um, yeah, Arma, and then the other semi-final, it's it's well, it's that psychological thing. Anybody ha to beat Methody, you have to be a good ten points better than them up uh, in Ulster, I'd say. But uh, I was saying to Will beforehand, Nathan Doak, Neil Doak's son, played Kelty Cup this year for Ulster, including the final. Apparently, he didn't play for Wallace. So, I mean, talk about a goal kicker. He's at 10. He's a scrum half, really, yeah. Tony, isn't he? He can play 10? both, yeah. either one. I'll tell you what will be great, Des, and we look forward to it every year when we go in to the RDS and we do the Leinster final, that we can then have a chance to see the Ulster final, which is usually on the same day, as you know. So you've usually got the McCrory Cup, the, the GAA, followed by the rugby, yeah. schools rugby final. I, I think it's very entertaining afternoon and that's when you'll see the dokes of this world coming yeah. through yeah, it's funny as you say that he was playing you know Ulster A while still in school I know Aaron Sexton did the same last year it's an interesting quirk like what, what do you make of that well he was probably playing Kelty Cup before they signed LB Matheson, Matheson <laughs> put it that way but uh, does it just, something about their strength and conditioning does, now as well they and, just, and their backs yeah <laughs> and their well that's another subject but Ulster haven't had you know, a homebred scrum half who's really come true for a long time. But I mean, he, he is. I've seen him playing a good bit. Actually, he looks a bit like his dad. He's a he's a really good goal kicker, really good. But actually, there's a guy in the centre, Ben Carson. He's an outside centre. He's tall. Uh, he's got the tan. He's got the hair. He looks fantastic. He he's a really silky, skillful looking thirteen. Now. Uh, I don't know how much of a competitor he is because I don't know him, but he's maybe somebody to watch mm. in the years ahead. He looks really good. So uh, he's a 13, So and, and they, they haven't had, a, I suppose, a, f a real Ireland 
a special 13 for a few years. They've had a few At good 13s. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't know if he'll ever, ever turn into that, but he, he's an exciting centre. Well, some interesting prospects to watch. And just to finish yeah. up on Connacht now, we're in the semi-final stage there as well. You've Garbally College versus Marist and Sligo Garmer versus CBS Roscommon. And then the previous round, I think Garbally beat CBS Roscommon and Sligo beat Marist. So two interesting ties there. Yeah, well, Garbally are the are the powerhouse. Garbally and Sligo Grammar would be the favourites. That said, I, I said it here before, CBS are very strong. That's not over yet. Uh, th- they got a rude awakening when Garbally hammered uh, CBS mm. in the group section to qualify for the semi-finals. Still a bit to go yet. I, I, both, I, I, both of those semi-finals, in my opinion, Marist are probably the outsiders of the four. But any two of the other three could make it through to the final, definitely. Yeah. And don't rule CBS out. They're also in the semi of the junior, which they've already won the league. So I think it's great for the game to have a school like CBS, a, a GAA school, and they make no bones about that, basketball as well, um, coming to the fore at under 16 and under 19. Yeah. Again, good for the game. Yeah, well, it's funny, you have CBC Cork doing really well at hurling as well, so some of these all-traditional schools are taking up uh, more sports. But uh, it's funny for CBS, what's common, obviously, you know, you have that second chance, despite getting a, a big beating boy, Garbley, they're still in with a shout. Yeah, um, yeah, I just noticed in the school squad, uh, they have Jack Tucker, he, he made the Ireland schools and club squad. It's, it, it's, you know, there is a frustration in, in visibility. You'd love to see these players. And, mm. of course, it's only natural they're playing down in Connacht. I'd love to see this guy playing. I just haven't seen him. I don't even know what position he plays in. I know he's in the squad. And I've seen a picture of him. i just love to see him. No, and likewise, I, I yeah. feel the same. Unfortunately, the problem in Connacht between the youths rugby and schools rugby is that we don't have the schools team taking part in the interprovincial series as mm. such. So we're missing out. Yeah, we are missing out. Them. Irish rugby's missing out. I'm not yes, seeing these Connacht players. Okay, they're not going to beat, probably not going to beat Munster, Ulster, Leinster, but it's, it, it's a it's place for their players to, sh- to show their Absolutely. skills. Yeah. I mean, guys like Jack Tucker, I mean, yeah. I mean, a good player is a good player no matter what colour yeah. jerseys. And it's well organised, Des, because you know they do it now down in the University of Limerick, usually mm. in August, yeah, and they have a I tournament to, there. Uh, so yeah. it's well done. It's very mm. condensed That's and intensive. That's fantastic, yeah. It's yeah. a fantastic yeah. kind of festival, yeah. Well, we'll check in with all the provinces once again, I think, just before the final. But for now, Des, Tony, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks. Pleasure. And that's all we have time for this week on the Left Wing Schools Rugby Special. We will be back in the near future with another one looking ahead to all the Schools Cup finals. And in the meantime, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or listen on independent.ie. So until next time, thank you for listening, and goodbye. The Left Wing Podcast in association with Land Rover. Whether you're headed to a match or a weekend away, there's plenty of space for your team and their gear in the new Discovery Sport.